0: Excited to go into the history of the Tumrud Empire. We're about to talk about an incredible story today about how a cattle thief went on to rule one of the most one of the largest empires in history and killed five percent of the world population.
1: in for quite a treat. What an intro! My goodness. Well, oh my <laughs> god!
2: I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed right off the bat.
1: Well, hello everyone and welcome to Civilizations in Review. I'm Ben and Megan. Together, we're in the same pod. Don't worry, everyone. Um, but very excited to chat with one of our writers, Miezovich, um, all about this very exciting intro, my goodness. Um, but right before we jump into it though, Megan will read the uh, 101 introduction. But I want to talk about all of the great social media platforms that we're on and where this will be going.
2: Yes. So if you guys haven't seen in previous weeks, we've talked about this a bunch and you're just reminding Nico of all of the platforms before. Um, we're not gonna do a quick quiz because I don't think I could even do, <laughs> I could even pass that, but we are on. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Spotify, Pinterest, um, Pinterest. <laughs> Pinterest, and YouTube. Um, and soon to be on TikTok. We're, we're, we're working on it. Um, ben and I very firmly uh, are millennials. So we're not 100% sure how it all works, but we're hoping that a very nice, kind Gen Zer will come along <laughs> and explain TikTok to us. So, before all of that, or after all of that, we are so excited to jump into the thank civilization. You, Nico. Yeah, this thank you so much, Nico, for coming and talking to us a little bit about this. We, we are so glad you chose this civilization. It seems very unique. Um, and from what we were talking about before we hopped on this call, it is very similar to a Mongols 2.0, which is the closest thing that we can get to explaining it in what, five words? So, Ben, (laughs) if you want to jump through the intro for us, please take it away. So,
1: everyone, if you go to uh, alphouseic.net, Civilizations 101, and then click on Timurid, that's where we're at tonight. But I will read the intro. The Timurid Empire left a lasting cultural impact in the Islamic world. Culturally, the Timurid Empire belonged to two worlds, the Turco-Mongolic world of its rulers and the Islamic world. At its height, the empire was Central Asia's predominant power. Whose borders encompass much of modern day Afghanistan, parts of India, Pakistan, Iran, and Turkey. The Timurid dynasty left a number of successful military campaigns. However, they right. are best, thank you, led a number of successful military campaigns. However, they are best remembered for spearheading an impressive revival of artistic and intellectual life in the region, the Timurid Renaissance. The best example of this revival are the discoveries at the Ulugh Beg Observatory. Wow. Regardless of your intro, your sentence, Nico, my goodness. Let's jump into your sentence, though, because what uh, what a beginning. Um, cattle herder, murdering a bunch of people. T- tell us more.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll start off by, you know, just talking about the founder of the empire, because he is quite a personality. Um, a lot of people call him Tamerlane or Timur, but the word Tamerlane comes from a really interesting origin. Um, it actually is derived from the word lame derives from the word the lame so this great conqueror was named known as timur the lame so this guy was born in kind of you know the remnants of it's called the chagatai uh, Khanate. so you know the mongol empire kind of splits off in a similar way that the timur empire would and he's born in this area of modern day Uzbekistan called traxonia and it's really far flung there aren't many prospects for him so as a kid he starts to steal people's cattle this really smart cattle herder notices that he's escaping with some of his property, grabs a bow and arrow, and shoots him twice: once in the arm, once in the leg. This ends up, you know, impacting the way he walked the rest of his life, and leaves him "quote unquote" lame. So he walked with a limp for the rest of his life. So this great conqueror was known as Timur to the Lame. And I don't know if he needed to overcompensate for you know how for his limp or whatever. But he said, "You know what? I'm going to be better than Genghis Khan. I'm going to rule the world. No one's going to call me the lame ever again. They're going to call me Timur the Great. Well, they call him Timur the Lame, anyways. But he also got another other nicknames too. So it's all right.
1: I'm kind of speechless. What a beginning to this empire.
2: I'm also quite speechless. <laughs> I'm." I feel like every single week we go through these empires and and civilizations and we talk about this like very dramatic kind of entrance, exit, and and like whether or not they're nice to their neighbors, whether or not they're, you know, mean to their neighbors, how cooperative they are, like from a survival standpoint, this is wild,
0: (laughs) wild, wild story. Also, the guy only had like seven followers when it all started off.
2: Well, I mean, that's how I'm starting to feel on social media right now. You know, like <laughs> um, all I want to all I want to be is the lame and like known for something and oh only goodness. seven
1: followers. So he started as an injured cattle herder, cattle stealer from this cattle herder. Cool. How did he get to murdering all of these people? I mean, I'm still shocked by this intro sentence. The
2: rags have. to riches story, Ben. <laughs> I mean, that's oh.
1: one word for it.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Rags to riches and killing like, you know. I, you know, like, I don't know anyone who's, like, done anything like that. Killing 5% of the world, like, crazy. The guy was, like, absolutely, I mean, he left a trail of destruction in his wake and was Mm -hmm. just left a, you know, he just changed Central Asia for such a long time. And thinking of his origins is just crazy because he really, you know, only started off with around, uh, according to some sources, really, his history is really murky. Because when he came to power, he wanted to kind of make himself seem greater than he was. Um, He came to rule over a Khanate, but he is not a descendant of Genghis Khan. He lied and said he was. So the history, there are just tons of different sources in terms of what his history was like. So there are some people who claim, you know, he was a cattle herder. Others that claim he was a great nobility. Um, Definitely, most of it points to him having been a cattle thief who ended up leveraging he became a raider and he was able to leverage power and kind of manipulate enough tribal uh, leaders and enough, you know, people in the region to then assume proxy control over the Chagatai Khanate. And he ended up um, directing the Khan and kind of, you know, picking who he wanted to be the Khan of that region. And with his proxy Khan, Then he directed other invasions. So really, he played a lot of uh, powerful figures against each other and was a master of the game of politics. And really, from there, he gained power. But he would use the term Amir at first um, instead of Khan. But then when he got to such a big enough, you know, to such a big platform, he was able to change his own history. But it was really, you know, crazy
1: progress. Totally blown away right now. That
2: is such like a <laughs> started from the bottom. Yeah. You know, um, how how long did the Timurid uh, civilization last?
0: Around two hundred years. Um, okay,
2: okay. So so did he? Did, was it he kind of came to power and then he he gave it to what like two three sons for?
0: Uh, he died in the common. So he wanted to. uh, He wanted his legacy, he wanted to have a larger uh, territorial hold than Genghis Khan did. And he wasn't really focused on how succession would work out. So he actually died of the common cold. Hmm. Oh. Uh, And he was like, you know, he woke up one day, I'm going to invade all of China. You know, why not? Um, And so he went on with his armies over there and went against the golden horde and uh, against a ton of different factions. And he ended up dying of the cold. And his armies didn't really know what to do. Um, and so the empire ended up being divided between his sons and one of his grandsons and a civil war broke out almost immediately. And then uh, uh, one of his sons, Shah Rukh, I don't know if he was a son or a grandson took power and went in a completely different direction than a uh, teamwork. But there was no succession plan and that's on all. Honestly, like so many other empires, right? This uh, conqueror isn't focused on succession, and so all of their he ends up losing all of his holdings because he doesn't really have a clear, you know, this is how power should be transferred.
2: Yeah, I, like that. I think it's so interesting when people forget that like power has to be transferred. You know, <laughs> you you kind of remember that those are the people you don't necessarily want leading. Um, <laughs> Not because they plan poorly, but also because they're just like kind of out there for their own power. They're like, "This is me. This is my dynasty. This is my empire." Um, and then they just they just forget. I mean, the civilization we talked about last week ran out because they overtaxed their people, right? And so, I mean, not to cast any judgment or, or, or blame or anything um on on the individuals that we're talking about but i think that a lot of civilizations now modern day we can kind of look back and be like oh that makes sense like don't do that <laughs> you know um like make sure that you have a successor that's that's a big one for sure wow
1: absolutely so i totally thought Timur was a genghis khan descendant I, I didn't know a lot about this empire well it's because
2: he lied so convincingly I mean, about him. it yeah him.
1: 600 years later we still believe that wow that's fascinating. I am just I mean it, it makes sense that he was a military leader he clearly had the the conquest strategy but to also manipulate the like tribal leaders and the political elite you know until his his passing and then the succession plans <laughs> went all up I mean plans. he
2: didn't do it all himself did he did he have like a like a um entourage that he kind of <laughs> a relo- yeah accounts okay, an entourage <laughs> that he relied on to to help him out
0: Uh so it definitely was not all him, but what he was very effective at, I think the, the guy was, Timur was supposedly, again, we can only know so much in terms of the history, but he was supposedly literate, but what he did, he spoke uh, a few dialects of Turkish, he spoke Mongol, he spoke, uh, uh, he spoke maybe like four or five languages, and so he was able to effectively kind of play people off of each other and make enough allies, or, and then play those allies off of each other where he created power vacuums. The region was kind of an anarchy, um and so he was just really good at diplomacy and he was a machiavellian and so when he so he kind of created an entourage and then he became a leader
1: as a result i mean there you have it folks wow it. no
2: i think that, i think we need to like just end it there because i don't think my brain can handle it this guy's my role model <laughs> um
1: other than the murdering right hopefully
2: i'm uh, yeah i no, for sure i i don't i don't condone murdering facebook please please keep me up um incredible uh, let's let, let's
1: switch gears a little bit i'm looking at the rest of your document i mean so fascinating so um the uh turquoise tiles and the architecture that was a huge deal for the timurid dynasty right
0: yeah definitely um it, uh, the timurid dynasty um when they weren't focused on murder and Conquest, they had a really big impact over art in the Islamic world. Uh, so a lot of architecture we see, especially in the Eastern Islamic world, is directly influenced by you know, innovations we saw in the art world that happened during the dynasty, um, specifically under Timur's son. Uh, there was this movement called like the uh, Timur Renaissance, um, and pretty much because of a series of deportations and conquests and wars that happened under Timur and the trail destruction, conveniently, a lot of Persian artists and literary figures and intellectuals happened to be in this one city, Samarkand, uh, who uh, Shah Rukh made the capital. And all of these really enlightened figures working together, living in close proximity, contributed and worked together to create this artistic revival uh, that contributed to a lot of art and, you know, even from everything to do with like how textiles are made to how architecture works to you know, types of calligraphy that we still see, see in Uzbekistan. Uh, all of that really emerged uh, because of the fact that a lot of really important figures in Persian literature in uh, really even people who popularized uh, Turkish were congregated in the same city,
1: largely as refugees.
2: I love that, that's so sweet.
1: Wow. This this story gets more and more layered. I, I'm fascinated by this like renaissance of, of intellectual and cultural life. And, and the, the main image for Timurid is the Ulubeg Observatory, like the most novel space exploration thing in the entire Islamic What like an appropriate t-
2: comment for today.
1: And, the you know, the Mars rover just landed uh, Perseverance, I think was its name. So yeah. a cool tie in there. But, wow, I mean, the, the fact that there is this... <laughs> Cattle thief combo, murdery, political, diplomatic, crazy man, and then also this Renaissance of art and architecture and tile work and, and, and history and, and uh, astrology or astronomy, the non zodiac one, astronomy. astronomy, astronomy. Maybe there was maybe they had. I mean, they conquered China, right? Anyways, I'm going way off topic.
0: One hundred percent.
1: Apologies. Um, wow, that's very, very, very fascinating. Uh, what is is a lot of that architecture still visible today throughout Central Asia and Iran?
0: Yes. Uh, so Soviet Union falls, and a lot of leaders in Uzbekistan are trying to find a national identity. Um, you know that's independent of the USSR, and so they want to revive. You know this national symbol, and so they designate um, Timor A great national figure. And so you'll see like Uzbeki documents, you know, celebrating him and a lot of state sponsored buildings. And, you know, so the capital, uh, throughout the capital of Uzbekistan, they purposely emulate uh, Timurid architecture, or at least, you know, an idealized version of it. Um, So a lot of the national imagery of Uzbekistan based around this empire, even though the Uzbeks were a separate empire. That invaded and helped destroy the Timurids, but they claimed it because you know, post-Soviet Uzbekistan needed a history.
1: So, you just drop that as if that. My goodness, this this empire gets more and more fascinating. No, I think I think
2: what Nico what's so wonderful is that all of the other civilizations that we've talked to, um, they've got their drama. You know, they've got their drama <laughs> like the Nabateans. They have their structures um this one takes the cake (laughs) i think just just in terms of being like 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 shrug it off no big deal but i'm just going to take over the world and then they do um and and that's kind of wild to me i mean they they do for 200 years sure and and obviously they had their their issues but i mean to, to be able to be called the scourge of asia that's like a big deal
0: To be able to, like, he designated himself like leader of the uh, like, like, he literally took down the Ottoman Empire for a while at one point and kidnapped the Sultan and just like brought him over. Like, Timur did that. He was like, Yeah, I'm a mirror of the Ottoman Empire now. No big deal. Wow. How old was he? Uh, he like continued, you know, like being a badass conqueror into his 70s. Uh, oh
2: man.
1: So, a seven year old in like the 1400s conquering and and scourging the entirety of the continent of asia as a mongol 2.0 as we may call it it
2: makes you really question your own resume i think (laughs) oh my goodness (laughs) it (laughs) makes all of us kind of question our life choices um are we far enough in life is covid stalling everybody's uh can i be called a scourge like can i well i mean i i title myself like the scourge of like the house but that's me and my (laughs) dog and like that's it um My goodness, the amount of just kind of like power and influence, I think, that that would have bit. to have just kind of boggles the mind. How much? Bit. Well, I mean, obviously, there, there there's a fair amount of modern influence that you have that you still see from the Timurids being around. But what kind of like ideological modern influence would you mm. say that they have? Huh.
0: That's a that's a good question. There's a lot of influences kind of hidden. Um, like the Timurid dynasty. Arguably lasted for a very long time, um, but in somewhere you wouldn't expect, in India. So arguably, when the British finally took control over India, it was a member of the Timurid dynasty who was the last leader of that country. The Mughal Empire was founded by Babur, who was a direct descendant of Timur. And so when the Timurid Empire fell and fell apart, Babur was like, you know... I messed up. We lost. Let me go somewhere else, start a new empire. And so he found the Mughal empire, which lasted to the, yeah, to the British invasion. So you can see the influence there in a lot of modern aspects. Um, and yeah, but ideologically, like, I honestly, I don't know. I just yes. I didn't know the answer.
2: Well, I mean, I think I think what you've written about um, on El with the with the artwork and the architecture and the literature like that, that is very significant. And that obviously con- contributes significantly to culture, um, being able to say that you, you lasted for so long and and you moved around to so many different areas. Like, I think there's a lot of um, influence that would kind of seep in that people wouldn't necessarily think of right away uh but even like small amounts of like architectural and literature influence is, is huge uh, yeah. so so that is no small feat by yeah. by any stretch of the imagination my goodness
0: and there really couldn't be another figure like him he was the last you know one of the last conquerors like that um and so that's why we don't really see like a lot of repeats specifically because of the invention of gunpowder
2: okay huh
0: which really empowered other militaries and even, you know, the balance. So those types of conquests really, they didn't become obsolete, but over time they did. So we'll see, you know, empires expand very quickly, but not by teamwork. You, You don't see a nomad invader like that again.
2: Interesting now um, yeah, I don't know if you guys—I don't know if you guys play the game Civilization on Steam.
0: I love it. Yeah, we I play love a- it
2: so yeah. much, and my my friends and I, particularly during COVID, have been playing like you know once a week, twice a week kind of thing. Um, six, six, I, but well, it, we we play Civ Six, and it's like a group thing. But like, this is exactly what it reminds me of. <laughs> you don't see nomad invaders after gunpowder. That just doesn't happen. People yeah. people get mowed over, but. Yeah. Well,
1: I mean I think we would say on the friendly scale, this is, we're probably in the negatives, would be my guess. <laughs> um last week for, for those tuning in again, we started a friendly scale of on a scale from zero to ten, how friendly or or you know jovial an empire was with its neighbors. And seemingly what uh the Timurid Empire has done is uh probably a, a zero, maybe if, if I mean unless you have a, a more insightful answer, Nico.
0: There are two. Not quite okay. there are two. Uh Timur's son wanted to like kind of repair relationships um so they repaired relationships with china uh which really did a you know number and allowed for a degree of trade um and they actually allied themselves with a lot of the christian countries against the ottomans and the Mamluks, because the ottomans and the timur timor empire had beef
2: yeah so enemy of my enemy kind of thing
0: yeah yeah and so the they kind of weren't the best in making friends but after timor they weren't they were too fragile really to kind of be as mean as they could have been and then they were just kind of repelling foreign invasion so how unfriendly timor was kind of made them you know like the like you know this not likable empire and so their neighbors were kind of like you know we don't like these guys let's get rid of them so you know this just proves, you know, like, treat others how you'd want to be treated. This is, like, the number one example of that, empire-wise. They were really mean, and then there were a bunch of people being meanies to them, and, you know, you reap what you sow. But there are two. There are two.
2: Yeah, for the moral of the story, you reap what you sow is for sure the headline, <laughs> I think. Yeah, um, yeah.
1: The scourge of Asia, you reap what you sow. Like, <laughs> the
2: scourge of Asia.
1: <laughs> well, I, I, wow, wow, this is...
2: Great headline.
1: Wow. So, so... I mean, I, I keep saying a Mongol 2.0. It came at the like decline of the Mongol Empire, though. That's correct, right?
0: This was like it's when true. the Mongol Empire was a ton of different empires at this point. So there was
1: okay.
0: a, a Horde, uh, and then a bunch of other Khanates, too. Uh, at the same time they were all kind of competing against each other so So it's more
2: like like, Mongol 50 point if we're being honest it's like (laughs) Mongol 1, Mongol 2, Mongol (laughs) 4 you know and you just keep going Um, that makes a lot of sense
0: you know yeah Mongol
1: 7, Genghis is back
0: right like that would be the title of the movie
2: just fast and furious is yeah. in mongol form i think
1: but nomadic and no gunpowder and then we'll <laughs> but
2: nomadic and no gunpowder
1: yeah <laughs> again that netflix we had the wedding that destroyed the uh em- it must be the tea empires that have i think drama. it is the tea empire so about three sure. weeks ago we did a egyptian empire called the Tulunids that was a breakaway from the Ooh are i think empire oh please fact check us in and watch that other one to see if i'm right but anyways these, these tea empires that have broken away have uh, have Netflix credentials, I think. So Nico, will give you producing credits for sure as our resident expert. There this we go. Kind of crazy. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> happy I'm happy to have you produce. Wow. Oh my goodness. Wow. Any final cool things you learned in your in your research and writing or anything <laughs> you left out? Because I know 800 words did not do this empire justice clearly.
0: Uh, you know, yeah, I guess it's, like, it's a really good thing that, yeah, I guess, like, don't mix, you know, like, family with ruling an empire. It always ends in civil war. <laughs> so, like, that's the main, you mm-hmm. know, and a lot of the other civil one on kind of see similar patterns, uh, you know, like, you can love your kid a lot, but, like, don't give him, you know, your title, because that'll probably, like, get him killed.
1: So all of monarchical monarchical ruling is, is, is uh too messy is what you're saying.
0: Well like if you one kid maybe, but like if we're gonna have like seven kids, like the assumption is just like, you know, oh fight it out, y'all, kill
1: each other.
2: Oh like, my goodness. Ch-
0: so
1: if yeah. I'm a monarch, only have one child is, is the second moral of this story. Right. Or like two I more. don't
2: know if it's like if you're a monarch, but I think <laughs> it's like if you're if you're a monarch in like a very anarchist right. international system. <laughs> Right. It's a little different than like Britain today.
1: Yeah. I was trying to make that leap, but okay. That makes more sense. Wow. Fascinating. But
2: I don't know, like would this strategy be right? Like have a bunch of kids so you can pick the right one who can like handle it or just have the one. So they get the like only child syndrome. I don't know.
0: Which maybe isn't a good thing.
2: Which what? maybe isn't a good thing. I say as an only child, you obviously are not an only child.
1: I I'd, I'd fight my brother for control of the Timurant empire. Oh boy. Right.
2: All right. I mean, you've inspired,
1: if Timur is your hero, he's gotta be mine too. I
2: guess so. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, a shout out to Jeremy Lutz. We are so <laughs> sorry, but your brother has just declared war on you, um, in the name of the Lutz empire
1: it'll be it'll be dominant and worldly anyways (laughs) thank you again nico for for writing this really important piece showcasing um you know the connection to iran today and obviously most of central asia but also this beyond fascinating empire i don't think there's any more tea empires in our system but if they are we'll definitely uh start doing a netflix special because my goodness they are so full of drama thank you again for uh for writing being a wonderful content writer nico has such great uh future articles coming so please make sure to check us out on alfuzek.net uh, but thank you all for being here, tuning in to this fascinating uh, cattle thief turned diplomatic strategist extraordinaire in a 200 year Islamic <laughs> conquest of Central Asia. My goodness, what a title. This is as
2: definitely, one yeah, no, 100%. This is definitely our favorite time of the week. So we hope 100%. that it is your guys' favorite time of the week as well, where we get to, you know, sit down, chill out, have a glass of wine, and kind of freak out about all these civilizations that had insane drama in history so on that note if you guys love what we're doing and if you hate what we're doing email us at alfusaic at gmail.com because we want to hear all of your complaints your critiques your questions um or any praise you want to give us anything uh, okay. significantly from you know from or for, I think, poor little Jeremy Lutz would be greatly appreciated. I'm I'm recruiting Um, my
1: entourage, as we say. Recruiting your entourage.
2: Jeremy, you might want to start recruiting for your own entourage as well, Um, but all inspired by the Timurid. So you can't blame the Lutz family. You can only blame the Timurid empire.
1: Their legacy lasts on the day, my goodness. I'll edit your modern influence section, Nico. Anyways, thank thank you so much for being here, for all of you tuning in. any last words, Nico, as we end, uh, end this call? Thank you guys for having
0: me out. And please, please, please make sure to check out Al Al-Fuzier.
1: Absolutely. Have a wonderful evening, everyone. And uh, again, make sure to join uh, this side of the let Empire clan. <laughs> Have a good night, y'all. <laughs>